Season 1, Chapter 6. Listen with your ears, react with your face. Welcome to Starting Now, a Barry podcast presented by CinemaSins. Hello, everybody. This is Starting Now, the Barry podcast with Chris Atkinson, Barrett Share, hey, and Mike Hester. Hey, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that Mike enthusiasm. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, chapter six of Barry. 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 Um, so where are we at now in the episode? We are about the. We're at the beginning of this. Barry and Taylor and Fuchs are all trying to figure out what they're going to do with this airfield mm-hmm. when the Bolivians show up. And once again, see, Taylor's a great character. Mm-hmm. I am glad that it's not a. It's not. It's not like Hank, right? We want. We want to see Hank all the time. We at least want to see him at once an episode. Yes. Uh huh. Taylor is one of those perfect like two or three episode arc characters. Yeah. And you can tell just by the way this guy's talking, there's no way he can last. <laughs> no. You know? No. And so they're out in the airfield and they're planning this whole thing about when the airplane comes down and everything. <laughs> Taylor over the radio uh-huh. is like, hey man, we should just shoot this out of the yeah, air. Yeah. Be drinking cervezas by the time it crashes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this would be a great place for a hot tub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put it right here. Yeah, it's like, it's get like, some chicks. Yeah, get some chicks. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like up, he's up there just, <laughs> just Fuchs is just rolling brilliant. his eyes like oh my god and Barry's just trying to make this happen trying to make yeah okay those are great ideas good good constructive ideas there Barry is trying to do what the acting class does with his yeah. with his uh, hitman mm-hmm. stuff let's be positive about this I, I'm I'm convinced that his his teaching style has become Cousineau a little bit yeah. like Cousineau is rough around the edges but he's obviously putting up with a lot of bad stuff <laughs> and he's trying but he's also not going too far and but yeah Barry's trying to be very nice about this and, oh mm. man that, that's a that's a that's a great suggestion you got there <laughs> Taylor man just keep them coming I, I think it'll be better if I just am up on the hill and and they the plan lane the plane lands and and a Bolivian leader comes out and I just shoot him okay <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like trying to be a, a matchmaker here he's trying to he wants Fuchs and Taylor <laughs> to happen and it, it's, it's just not gonna that's not gonna happen but he doesn't know it yet well yeah He's does so he awkward. not know it yet? He does. He doesn't know that he he wants to make it work. He's trying to force to make this work because he wants out. He, Do you think he's already at this point in the airfield? Because it does become clear later on when they're at Taylor's place. Do you think by this moment he he recognizes this as a way out? Like he's he's already taking steps to make this a succession I, plan. I think. I think from the moment he didn't kill him, when he had the gun on him, and he, he changed at that point, he's like, okay, I can't kill him. What do I do next? And it's like, well, I pass him off to Taylor. This, is, off to this is my oh, out. Oh, and this is my out. Oh, okay. This is a great idea. He doesn't realize what a terrible, terrible idea that is. He's not that well, yeah. aware. He should, he's awkward. He doesn't have a lot of life experiences to know that that's that's awful. That's just a dumb idea, and he's going to try to make this work. 
Well, I don't even know if it's a dumb idea. I mean, it, it, he's trying. He is trying to make it work. He just doesn't know that it's a dumb idea yet. Yeah. Just because Taylor's such a wrecking ball, but like that decision happens completely off off screen, right? Like uh, we we don't know that he's made this decision until he explicates it later on. Mm-hmm. And I just never really thought of it that way. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, so he's looking for any reason that Taylor is perfect for this job at this point. Uh-huh, and he is trying to take all the idiotic things he says and just kind of wipe them away. It's like, <laughs> he wants to shoot the plane <laughs> out of the sky. Out of the sky. <laughs> this is a terrible place for a hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, a hot tub! Uh-huh. And, and true to Taylor's uh, character... He doesn't hear hot tub in an angry voice. He just hears hot tub. And he says, hey, is, did Fuchs say something about hot tub? Uh-huh. <laughs> and and then we, we get to see him more in his just like idish character uh, when they go to that apartment and he's just watching porn in front of, in so front of Barry. And he's uh-huh. just like... Look at what this dude does. Look at this dude. What this chick does to this dude's asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! It's a great. This is the scene for me that it really sold me on Taylor because I just found him annoying and wanted him out of the show. But then we get to you know you know they're talking about everything and then they start to talk about fuchs where this is where you know barry's saying you know maybe you could work for him mm. and taylor just shows how smart he is in this situation is like nah, that guy's fucking you mm-hmm. um you should kill yeah, him 50 you should, 50 50 you should kill fuchs yeah this is actually the first time that we hear that that it's an even split yeah uh-huh. and that's absurd yeah, it is absurd yeah and, and and if you're and if you're looking at this like as Fuchs is an is an agent, like I believe that's how we're supposed to sort of start mm. taking a lot of this is that, you know, Barry is the is the main performer and Fuchs is the agent. You know that, you know, an agent takes I think fifteen percent, something like that. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right, and that's what sports and with <clears throat> with acting and all of that. So yeah, it's fifteen yeah, twenty something like somewhere that. around there, depending on I guess how good you are, but. But uh, yeah, 50% is absurd. Although I think Barry also isn't very much driven by money at all. Definitely not. So, like, I don't think he cares about that aspect of it. And that's why he's never considered how bad of a deal that is. Yeah. And that's that's an interesting wrinkle into it because everybody does do this to, to get into the money. But as you saw in the first episode, you know, they're living you know, paycheck to paycheck, basically mm-hmm. staying in bad hotels, taking cheap travel and stuff like uh-huh. that. It's not like, you know, with the amount of money that they're getting, it's not like they're living the high life. And I guess he's, he's cool with that. He doesn't, he doesn't care. The only time where we see him spend money is when he's trying to impress Sally. Mm-hmm. There is a scene of uh, right before that. What episode is that? The third or the fourth one where they actually fukes. He, he gives the money. He, he gives Barry some money. It's a significant amount of money. Mm-hmm. And then he takes the rest and he puts it into the kitty or whatever he calls it. The piggy bank. I the think. piggy yeah. bank. And there's like a ton of money. Yeah, yeah. In there. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a ton of money. And you see it as the viewer. And Fuchs knows it because he's doing it. I don't, Barry, I don't even think, it doesn't even cross his mind that I'm getting this amount or getting this amount. He we're doesn't even think about of, the amount he gets. Yeah, we're not told any of the dollar amounts until like mm-hmm. the end of this episode where they're counting the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not told how much per hit that he gets. Mm-hmm. You know, he mentioned the small time crooks that they were taken out before, but we don't know. We have no like value of of how much all this stuff is we don't even know what denominations there are in that suitcase so it's interesting when it does finally say like this is how much that is 
where you have to retroactively kind of like assign values to all that stuff. Yeah. And so you have, um, during this episode, you have Fuchs saying you got to kill Taylor. Taylor saying you got to kill Fuchs. It's mm. sort of this back and forth there. Uh, at some point, Barry decides, I'm just going to go this alone, man. And again, Taylor, completely glassy-eyed during this whole thing. Te- you know, He calls him uh, and he says, you know, I, th- I think I'm just going to go this solo. And he's like, okay. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, all the stuff that you, I just want you to know that the suggestions you came up with, man, those were great. He was going to tell him off, mm-hmm. but he, he just can't anymore. He yep. just, uh, he's not capable of it. Well, and I think he still hopes that he can make it work mm-hmm. with, with Fuchs and that. And I, I think it's really interesting earlier when they're, they're watching the porn that he says, I, I wrote, I wrote this down. He says, take the money, kill Fuchs, live your dreams. Mm-hmm. So his idea is to get away from Fuchs and Taylor just tells him exactly how to do it, but he can't do it. He can't, he can't kill Fuchs. That idea has never really entered his head. I wonder as we go along and get into season two and who knows, it'll be season three, if that's the sort of thing that starts to come about. But uh, this is the first time he's even thought, I think he's even thought about leaving Fuchs or killing Fuchs. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But he is, uh, he's backed himself into a corner on that decision, right? He doesn't like killing anymore at all. So the idea of actually going out and killing yeah, him uh-huh. is uh, is also distasteful yes. to him. So he sort of backed himself into a corner with that decision. It's again, if, if that was somebody had brought that up two years ago, he would have done it probably. Yeah. Well, maybe not because we're, I think this acting class killed, thing. He wouldn't have killed Fuchs, mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't think he realized until the acting class thing that there's a different way he could Well, there's also, life. he doesn't, he only kills bad guys. That's what they were saying in the, yeah. in the earlier the episode before this is that you know we don't take out marines we don't we kill bad guys for a reason he's trying to have a moral justification for what he does you know mm. yeah, which i guess is kind the, of the same thing as gross point blank he says that in the first episode another bad guy's dead yeah yeah, 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 yeah. it doesn't matter so yeah. yeah but then so you're saying they go yeah later on at the hotel he's he's, he's telling them no but Taylor's going to just do it anyway, so I thought... You know that at that point where he says, okay, on the phone, you get the sense that it, it shit's going down, right? He's not taking no for an answer. Well, yeah, no, I, don't, I don't think he's even listening to what right. he's saying. <laughs> he needs the action. Yeah, he needs he, it. <laughs> he very much does it. He does need it. And, and, uh, and yeah, then they, you know, this is at the very end of the episode, but... Uh, he comes riding along with dude from the party that they brought and Chris in the back seat. And you're like, what the hell is Chris yep. doing? Yep. You know, this is the, and Barry really knows that things have gone down at that point. Like he is really scared about this now because Chris has got a family and everything. Mm-hmm. And Chris is just dumb as dumb as the other two guys. Yep. Um, in a very different way. They get in the car and the guy has the gun and he just fires it at his feet bushmaster i know we're skipping around but yeah that bothers me like why the fuck is he doing that he what does he bring to the table he's he knows he's with these heavily armed dudes in the front right Mm -hmm. who are all jacked out in their military clothes and all that stuff clips everywhere guns everywhere he doesn't even have a gun on him yeah i mean what is he expecting to happen like this just seems like a guy that's so careful to where he's saying like you know don't tell my wife that i've been hanging out with uh with taylor and that kind of thing would agree to go along with this in the first place yeah this this is one this is a a real weird spot for me in this Mm -hmm. it's like it doesn't make it it doesn't make much sense in this in this entire what they've been presenting to us that he's in the back seat of that car yeah 
Um, yes, he's dumb and he's been hanging out with these guys, but you just imagine Taylor pitching this, Hey, yeah, we'll go in there. Fuck yeah. We'll kill the Bolivians and blah, blah, blah. And that's appealing to Chris in any way. That did not make sense. Now I do understand the whole where he opens the the door and he's like, get out of the car. Cause at that point he's committed. He doesn't want to lose face, you know, in front of his his guys, but getting him in that car bothered me. Mm -hmm. But he, yeah, I agree. And then when the gunshot is fired, that didn't like nobody, no, nobody well, set up the alarm right or anything. It's hilarious. But then Barry knows he needs to get Chris out, but he doesn't have the strength of will to actually like, force it to happen. Yeah. Because he knows that bad shit's going to happen. He says, get out of the car. And Chris like, no, man, I got your back. And he goes with it. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just another case where he is weak. He's giving up his agency. He's giving up himself to now to Taylor, who he had, who was driving this and he can't just tell chris to get out of the car he can't do it he can't force him out because he needs to force him out mm-hmm. i don't think he cares and i certainly as a viewer don't care if the two guys in the front seat get killed but we all care a lot about chris and we've been led to that and so he, it's, he, a he it's, it's a weird choice it's weird it's sort of it's it's the I, I imagine if you're plotting out this season and you're the show runners and everything you're like okay, at some point, Moss is going to be at the end of this case and she's going to hit a dead end. How can we possibly make it? And and obviously, we're not spoiling uh, what happens later, but the fact that these guys are involved lead to more revelations from mm-hmm. Moss later on. And, um, and it's almost like this, we needed to have him in the backseat of the car yep. for this very reason yeah, or it else was, it doesn't work. It was a means to an end. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. The, uh, because we mentioned some of the Bond Mots, like the fly some chicks up here and fuck them. And like, <laughs> you know, look how much this guy jizzes and everything. This was, <laughs> this was written by Emily Heller, who's a, a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought the script for this one was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And this is another Hero Mirai uh, directed episode. And so this, I think, keeps the momentum. That decision aside with Chris in the back seat, I think this keeps up the momentum perfectly from the, the last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely drives everything forward. So do we want to go into the last scene now or do we want to now, talk about some let's other wait. things? Let's go, let's go through some other stuff. I think I- it's the second scene... I think it's the second scene of the episode is when Noho, Hank, and Gorn and all that are walking into the stash house for the first time mm-hmm. as they own it, which is just some of the best comedy that this show <laughs> has had. Just he's he's walking he's walking in and uh, <laughs> what well, I, I forget, I forget what exactly he says. Oh, we look over here. We can take down we can take down this wall over here. We can clean up all the blood. Maybe put a ping pong pong table over <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a, and then and then Goran does the whole on his knees where he's <laughs> making fun of the Bolivians. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That's some great physical comedy there, Gore. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, but, uh, he's like, but I paid for it. I paid for it because uh-huh. he's like yeah, hard to get up afterwards. Uh-huh. And then Vasha walks yep. in and uh, he, he's like, he's like, Barry. I've been following him around, and he has been doing no hits. Look at here; he's a, he's he's driving around. He has sex with this nun, <laughs> and uh, and and both Hank and Goran are like, yeah, Hank's like, hey, you are really creepy, man. And like, what are you following him around for? We don't want a connection with him. Being photographer is connection, yep. you know. But he killed my brother. Oh, you got to get over that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, what's, that. that's what's funny is that like you see. Those earlier episodes where he's stalking him, where he's got the camera, and then it gets progressively goofier, where he's got the bigger camera, and it 
this is how it pays off basically as mm-hmm. a joke and that's that's it yeah. really i mean it leads to a couple of actions later on but like it's not anything like conspiratorial and now the chechens are after him it's one dude mm-hmm. they can't let this go and so they tell him forget about forget about barry but then he's like okay well i'll just go after sally then mm-hmm. Uh, which is another kind of an out for the show as yep. well, because he's not really been involved in the main plot at all, and now he he's going to make this decision that is really going to start propelling this investigation a mm-hmm. lot more. We got to talk about Janice and Jean, right? Yeah, because man, okay, you got different stages to this relationship. You've got that wonderful opening line of like you check all the boxes and yeah the fuck are you yeah and then you've got the uh, restaurant scene where it starts to see like her warm up and really get like aroused by this Mm. dude then you get where she comes in and tackles him at the end of the last episode and now you get like a relationship Mm. like a very sincere non over dramatic like relationship Uh discussion about like you know we're we're in rarefied air right now like we're actually trying to to get to a place in reality, not just fucking and stuff like that, uh, that that people don't usually get to. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very touching, very emotional. It comes after that wonderfully comedic scene where he's trying to wake her up by blowing, blowing on her, her face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so weird and so so Cousineau, though. Yeah. So perfect for him. <laughs> but I, I love this. I love that they took this as being her tackling him and saying, I want you, I'm going to get what I want, that kind of thing, to where... You know, it's it's an honest relationship, and I think that's that's a surprise for me that they took that in that direction. Mm-hmm. And so that leads to a whole bunch of stuff here because uh, she's officially ready to take down the the uh, the acting class pictures on the big crime board and everything, much to the pleasure of all the other people in the department. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, they even give him give her a standing, standing ovation. ovation. Yep because of it and and she's happy because hey you know i i can i can forget about the acting class i can even possibly date gene now and not worry about it because they're all cleared and everything do you think she wants to continue that relationship the smile on her face oh yeah while she's taking those down yeah, makes yeah. me think that's what she's it is. made that decision yeah like- that that that's the look they 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 very in particular show the the perspective from the board mm. as she's taking those things down. The, the conversation they had had after he woke her up and, and she said, I don't think this needs to continue anymore. And, and Jean was talking about how this investigation is affecting their relationship and how she is pushing him away. She thinks, mm. and that she wants, he thinks that she wants to push him away just because she doesn't want a relationship. And she's using the investigation as an excuse. Mm-hmm. So she, takes care of that and goes and walks in and takes all these down i think in her heart of hearts she knows she knows she wants that this to be she wants this to be a relationship she knows that there is still some connection with this acting troupe oh with but she's the murder but she, but that is such a small voice inside of her that she's like i'm gonna take this down even though her gut tells her not to Everything else has been pointing to take it down. All of her teammates, all of her coworkers yeah. wanted to take it down. So I'm going to go take it down and then I can have a relationship with Gene. Oh, I got you. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I didn't yeah. know if she had really, if that was the the primary motivation. Because I think they, they leave it a little bit up to interpretation of like, you know, maybe this means 
if I sever this connection, maybe this means that I also sever my personal connection. With oh, you. it could very well uh, be that. But as I, well. I like I like you guys. I just, I just I just think the way the the order of the the events occur and the way they've shot her in the scene mm. it. it it pretty much leads to oh I've and uh, and she's still gonna have to kind of even though even though she's taken this down she still has to kind of sneak around on this yeah yeah uh, because it's still not appropriate oh she does okay she's going you're absolutely right there is no room for debate because she goes to the acting mm-hmm. uh, the the theater yeah totally in order to to see him to mm-hmm. see him so yeah and, you're absolutely right um yeah. and basically and it I stumbles think, onto yeah, this whole thing to but, say that she you know it's done and she's ruled them all out and now we can have a relationship yeah because she goes in there happy uh, she's like oh do you know where mr kuzno yeah, unfortunately exactly. vasha runs into vasha and here's the accent but uh, and, and puts puts some things together but uh leading before that is the is that taylor puts all that money 26 grand into uh <laughs> barry's uh bag and uh even takes out this is an important little well not an important but a funny little aside he takes out that you know say your lines mm-hmm. hit your mark I, I, it actually is important when we get a little bit later yeah a little, yeah and he takes that out and he puts the money in there yeah, and he, uh, and then Barry sees it. Yeah. He freaks out. Barry's in class before he notices it, and he's like, "Oh shit!" And then he uh, goes into the bathroom and has to put the money up into the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And of course, they 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 never leave it at that. There's always there's uh, somebody like I think it's Nick. <laughs> it's it's Jermaine. It's Jermaine. It? Jermaine yeah, yeah. comes in. Hey to... man, I saw you running out of there real fast. I need to talk. To... Do you have IBS? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have IBS. I want to tell you my story. <laughs> um. And so uh, he hides that money and everything. And then Vasha, who's still on this mission to do something about this whole, like his brother uh, got killed and everything. He's following Sally around. Uh, Just and- walking around with the knife out yeah that kind of bothered me he's in the he's in the he, theater he's, he, he's like he's, uh, he's he's like performing on stage yeah. he goes in <laughs> he goes karaoke into, or whatever yeah yeah <laughs> he goes into the uh that projector room and he's reading some book about audition camera or something <laughs> like that and then uh and then uh he he starts walking out and moss just happens to be there and and uh she's like excuse me are you one of kuzino's students and he's like um uh, very small english mm-hmm. and everything he's like oh that that accent Uh is that russian and then it leads to that shootout and everything meanwhile sally who was the target of all this is playing in taylor (laughs) swift this is my uh, fight or whatever it is katie perry or who is it rebecca (laughs) no what is it i forget the name yeah but it's the fight song song, and it's hilarious, and it's, it's so loud she doesn't hear anything. Rachel Platten, yes. oh yeah, Rachel Platten, <laughs> um, and uh, and is singing, is it playing that song in the in the in the car while that all that's going on, and it leads to this big shootout, um, and uh, Moss uh, is it's a, an interesting scene. She's a trained cop, but she's never, I don't think she's ever dealt with anything like this before. Mm-hmm. Guys she, shooting a machine gun at her. And, and she's smart enough to know that when he stopped firing, it has to reload. Now is when I run in. Yeah. So, and another perfectly shot action sequence. Yeah. yeah. And I guess it's probably the hero. Mariah they, method. They very specifically in that, uh, after Barry episode showed that scene. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's, a, and I love the way he, she, she ends up getting him too. She shoots around the van and then you can see 
like it hits inside the van and there's like a definite like you can definitely see the one part where it got him mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. just a, a great again yeah. if this is somebody else directing this how many how many cuts are in that scene yep. and this yeah. is just all one little shot and then she goes over and he's like he's pretty much mortally wounded but enough to like try to shoot her again and he she blasts him mm-hmm. at that point and then right after that is when you know obviously all the other cops show up and all that and we get some really poignant scenes here the first one where she has to tell off Cousineau and it has to be Mr. Cousineau again and you have to leave you have to leave what happened you have to leave so this Mm -hmm. is her not only saying professionally you have to leave but like personally Mm -hmm. you have to go and then uh, what's the guy's name who she works with I always forget Loach Loach that scene was great yeah that's really his only he, that character's that character's a joke. It really has been. It's it's uh-huh. the closest thing to a one dimensional joke that we've had in this entire series. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad he does have a moment there where where there he knows what's been going on. Why is she back here if you uh-huh. already took all that stuff down? And uh, yeah, he gets a little chance to to step out of that that joke role. Yeah, it's just, and she, gosh, her acting's great. He says, mm-hmm. "I'm sorry. I'm so sorry." And he says, well, it's over now. Yeah. Because he understands. Mm-hmm. He understands love. He understands how it messes with you in this line of work. It just doesn't mm-hmm. work well. And Yeah, that's know, something that they bring up at the very first episode. With his divorce. Yeah. yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, he's a, dete- he's a detective and she's a real person or something <laughs> like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, it also shows, by the way, I keep on looking for parallels between the acting class and the hitman life and yeah. all that it shows how hard it is to act uh outside like it, outside of an acting class what mm-hmm. you're supposed there's a there's a point you know like in the last episode where she almost calls him gene and has to correct it mm-hmm. there's this one where she's she's pretending like he's like Cousineau is just some other, like, you know, just the acting teacher at the school and everything. But, but anybody who looks at it and Loach obviously is seeing this from afar knows that there's way more going on here than just a detective telling. And she comes back and says, fucking acting coach. Uh And, and, and he's like, He's like, and that's when he goes into that whole, like, you made a big deal about taking those names down off the board mm. and everything. It's like, it's like, uh, it's how hard it is to fool other people in, in no matter how hard yeah. you try a mm-hmm. lot of times. Around that scene, does it bother you how easily she found the money? It, uh, I, I assume that they jumped well, several yeah, hours they, ahead. Well, they did. They, and I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if it was her that found it too. They had that whole crew come in at that point and i believe it's a small enough place that they could have just gone in and like looked under all the seats and went to the bathrooms and oh there's a little ceiling tile here mm-hmm. and all that yeah. i think that's standard uh if if there's a crime that has been committed that they're gonna ransack a place like that it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a quick cut within the episode though. it really is uh we've got this great paralleled storyline of of the acting troupe because we go back to the same Macbeth scene now Sally's playing Lady Macbeth mm-hmm. with no explanation by the way about this like one of the the people in the the troupe are like I thought uh, Natalie was playing her but she's just happening to to play it. and you can see how different it is but then you have Barry coming in with this same do you mark that actually I think he's it's delayed on well this he's one. not yeah. he's he and it's funny 
he claims he's listening because he knows to say his line or whatever later. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely not listening. Right, no, right, he's right. Not. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so she keeps on doing this spot, this spot, and she even looks out into the like into the audience <laughs> yeah, and like, uh-huh. uh, is he going to say the line or not? And uh, yeah, and he said, "Did you mark that?" And and and, and Cousineau is like, "It's like, hold on, hold on." And he's like, um, "He's like uh, Barry, you're just uh, was it easy? You're just yelling the line or whatever." Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, "What is?" Said, and then and uh, he's like, "Everybody, what is this scene about?" Uh, and then you know we have the the great things like it's about guilt and everything. She's sleepwalking and everything. Say, so, all right, so she's sleepwalking. How would you talk to somebody who's sleepwalking? <laughs> you know, not yelling at them. Yeah, and uh, then he's like, so you so softer, and he goes, this is not about volume. That's <laughs> where the whole the whole uh, title of the episode, the listen with your ears, mm. react with your face thing, is. He does this listening exercise. We've talked about how silly a lot of these acting exercises are you know thespianism and stuff like that but this one is maybe the truest example of what we've seen where he comes up he's you are not listening and he Uh he can't he can't get that through his skull until finally he has to say this this phrase i love you to sally and I don't know if it's inadvertent uh, from Cousineau that he gives him this particular phrase or if it's a common thing for this episode or whatever. But obviously it sets it up as as unlocking his potential because that's the only thing that he wants to say to Sally and to hear it back, even though it's it's sloughed off in her her side. Uh, It's it's such a great acting scene. It's such a great development scene. And it works perfectly within the context of this this troupe. You know what I mean? I feel like you could honestly take all the acting uh, classes in this uh, in this series, put them together, and become and get like a decent acting yeah, class out of it. Gene yeah. is a decent teacher, which I didn't yeah. grasp with like when I see in the early episodes. At this point, I start to see okay, he he's able to give you some of the basics and do a good job and and to to get that. He's a classic. He's a classic. Those who can't do teach type of yeah, person, right? I think so, yeah. Even though his teaching has its other idiosyncrasies to it, he is in this for whatever the money is. Uh, but he, I think, he enjoys doing it, or else he, you know, he wouldn't. He wouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. I don't think. But like he's. Like we've said before, he's really tolerating a lot of bad acting. No yes. kidding, man. Oh, absolutely. Just like everybody is awful in there, and and he's he he can knows he, he I think he knows who he can reach and who he can't. And for some reason, Barry, even though he's the worst actor in that whole group, hard to say, but he is. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's found something in Barry that he's able to like connect to. And with Sally, everybody else is like just doing their own thing. And, and he, he just rolls his eyes. He just feels like there's nothing he can do about yeah. it at this point. Like when Natalie's doing that lady Macbeth thing, he's just like, wow, wow, wow. And everybody's like, <laughs> takes the cue to clap and everything. Uh-huh. And, and they're just all getting, they don't have any chance, but he sees something in these two. That's probably what makes his job worth it to mm-hmm. have, two actors like that um he has seen sometimes in earlier episodes where barry wasn't acting but he thought he was acting and so he has in his head that he can get there and that mm-hmm. and he thinks he can get him there and in this scene a little bit even though it again is barry not really acting uh he's he's able to get something out of him with the i love you and i love you I, I love you. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and definitely. That, that is that is cool, and that is Barry 
coming to the realization that she that he loves her and she does not at all. And I think he has a thick skull and it takes this scene. Oh, absolutely. There. This yeah. is where I, I mentioned last episode that he's growing as a person. Yes. As he's growing as an actor, which is not the right thing to do. <laughs> right? <laughs> like you have to establish a person before you become an artifice. Right. Yeah. But uh, but he's using the artifice to actually to inform a person. a person. Yes. Which is an interesting play on that. And it's uh, something yeah, that it, this type of show can do. That's uh, the all, that's what makes everything about when Barry is a good actor. It's an it's an interesting thing because every time he's a good actor on stage it's because he is basing it on something he knows is real mm-hmm. and everything. Whenever it's something he doesn't have any clue about, he's the worst. He has the worst affect. He doesn't have any kind of like real, you know, chops at all. But every time it's time to get real, he's awesome at it. So in a fake setting, he's great. Yeah. Um, but like you see, you know, you see out there in the real world and everything and in a real setting, he's, you know, like some people are horrible actors and sometimes they're great actors in real settings. There's a lot of like added context to whether the situation is fake or the situation is real, Yeah, uh, where they're getting good acting and when they're getting bad acting. It's also yeah. interesting that this is probably the episode that has Barry in it the least, right? Because it's got, so much focus on on Janice and and Jean. It's got so much focus on like the the plot and all that stuff, and uh, of of uh, of Sally and all that. But uh, Barry comes in, you know, at the very last scene, uh, and I guess we can talk about what happens at the the airstrip now, right? But before we, do you, you want to? There's one more thing about Sally, I think. Which one are you talking about when she goes in to try to get Macbeth? So she tries. Oh, that's she right. She tries yeah, to yeah. get Macbeth, and she tries to get uh, this big uh, Act Five, Scene Five yeah, thing, right. which is a which is a big deal. Um, and she's learning something now because Cousineau is like, you're 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 not. I know you're the best actor in here, and she says that she's yeah. like nobody in here can match mm-hmm. me. So she's she keeps thinking that the people that she's acting with have to match her in order for her to shine and everything. Uh, but he's like, you're, you're not being, you're not giving it at all. That not, you know, when you go out and audition, you're not playing, you're not playing big, huge monologues or anything, mm. or, you know, you're, you're going out there and you're acting with other people. So yes, while you might be able to do this, this thing and be great at it, it's not what you're going to be doing all the time mm-hmm. and everything. And there's even a point where he's like, well, Barry will play. What's the Satan or Cedar? Satan? Satan. 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 Uh, yes. Yeah. But he, she has to do it. And I, when I first saw that, I thought, boy, that's just, that's, that's just to push forward the plot. Uh, but later on, I started to think that, yeah, what you were talking about earlier is that Gene really does see something in Barry mm-hmm. and she really wants him to be a part of this. And that, and, I see his thinking more the more I think about it, why that would actually make sense to have Barry in there for that one line. Yeah. So. And she's like, she's like, has this look on her face and he goes, come on, it's one line. It's I one think you think you'll yeah. be able to eat around that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so but, yes, but Gina's turns out Gina's smart. That's actually, actually worthwhile to have Barry in there and she needs to have that other person. So <laughs> I love it. It's love funny it. to me how much import is put into this random theater 
and their Shakespeare showcase in like some corner of Los Angeles. Like this is the most uh-huh. important thing in the world. So much where he's like, I can't, I don't, I can't let you do that. It's reckless and that kind of thing. She leaves finally after he gives her permission. He does the fucking three stooges thing on his uh-huh. face. Like this is the the craziest decision he's ever made. <laughs> where like if you step back like two feet, you're like, what are they doing? Who's gonna go to this fucking festival in the first place? Yeah. I I wanted to bring up one more thing before we get to the last one. The daydream that he has earlier on. Oh, yeah. That that I have to to bring up, even though it's all out of line. After, I think it's after Taylor tells him he can kill Fuchs. And he has that future daydream where, you know, his son, Mm. Denzel, gives him a picture of him and Fuchs and says, hey, who is that? And he says, I, you know, I don't know who Mm -hmm. that is. And he's sitting there and behind him are like three Oscars. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like some other award, I don't know, Golden Globes or something. (laughs) And he's still in that crazy daydream world that um, I think kind of goes away after the I love you scene later on. So yeah, I don't know if it does. It That's does. It does eventually go away because yeah, yeah. I don't think they've they've done it at all in season two. Yeah, I, I think the uh, I when after he has the I love you scene, that, that 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 goes away. But and then of course at the end of it, his kids disappear. Yeah, they they, like, they, they they've <laughs> transported, <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a like a or, breeze or something. Uh-huh, like the house something shakes slightly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I I had to put that in because yeah. I just love that scene. That's so. a yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> all right, so See, we're in the car there and we're yeah, they're driving. Yeah, they're going. Uh, Taylor driving this this jeep uh, into the airstrip, and Barry <laughs> notices the plane has already landed. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter to Taylor; he's already a hundred percent in. Uh-huh. Bull rush, Ta- Taylor is saying he's in there, and he's talking about the book because he took yeah. out the book, and he's like, "Saw so the book says I really spoken to me. It says to make the unsafe choice." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that really fuels his decision right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to just ride in. Guy, he's a lunatic. And I love how that scene shot too, because you hear, and then you don't see Pantera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cowboys from hell. You don't, you don't see like bullet holes coming to the uh, to the jeep right away. Mm-hmm. It's and then it's like like that, and that's just to show you how far away they are in that airfield. It's great. It's another, I think, Hero Mirai special there. And, uh, yeah, where the camera is at the back, yeah, and you don't really know what's happened, and they cut what's a, what a fantastic cliffhanger. Because I remember watching that, mm-hmm. really, I, I had no idea. I figured the guys in the front were killed, but you weren't, you're not even sure about that. Mm-hmm. And well, how, and then how, you're like, even if, yeah, even if Barry survives the whatever happens after that, how does he get out? Yeah, of Yeah, exactly. It's another huge thing. And then it cuts, it goes to credits, no music at all, and you're just kind of sitting there stunned. Love it, love mm-hmm. it. So and it leaves you with so many ideas what could happen in episode seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This two episode stretch, I've told you how much I love Hero Mariah, but like this, this is really the meat of the season. I mean, there's there's topping at the end for sure, and then there's plot advancement uh, after this. But this is really just like where the series went into a different stratosphere for. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Did did you? It took me till this episode to really like Taylor as a person in the show. Yeah. Do you guys yeah, agree that, with that? that whole, the episode uh, yes. four, he, he just pissed me off. I didn't really like him. Episode five is all right. But he was kind of this annoying character. And this one, he showed some of the depth of his character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just love that he he knew exactly that he needed to, what, that Barry's relationship with Fuchs. He just saw right through it because he understands that 
He understood that mentality right away when nobody else is really seeing it. Certainly not Barry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And like I said, I'm glad that his his character is only a couple of episodes. Like, I don't think we yeah. could have dealt with that, like, through a whole season or anything. Maybe they could have found a way. But then you start adding layers to a character like that where mm-hmm. where it's like, um, you know, we 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 find out what he really wants and needs in this life and everything. It, it I, I don't like that. Generally, I like the idea of this guy just being the what he is. I, I was I was relieved to have a character death you know because yeah. <laughs> he had served his purpose i enjoyed it but yes he was ready to go yeah yeah all right well uh that'll do it for episode six we have uh, a couple of uh, uh social media outlets that you want to come to and uh, comment on this episode yeah go to twitter and go to at now starting okay go, do not go to <laughs> at starting now now it's a perfectly fine account they just haven't tweeted since 2013 mm. and apparently they had a breakup and stuff like that so just go to at were they a band? No, it uh, it was a person. Like a oh, person did the person break? break <laughs> did the person break up with himself? <laughs> uh, so go to at now starting at on Twitter, and you can interact with Mike. Uh, go to our SoundCloud page, um, and uh, you know interact with us there. Give us your questions, your comments, what you thought about this episode. Good stuff. Yeah, that'll do it for episode six. It's Chris Atkinson, Barrett Share, and Mike Custer. We'll see you next time.